Good evening. It is Monday night at 8 pm and we are live on the Rangers AF podcast. Thanks to everybody that's joined us and who is tuning in for the podcast tonight. Um, and make sure you get involved in the chat. Joining me, I've got none other than my brother from another mother from Glasgow. It is Jeep. Jeep, how you doing, mate? Good, mate. Good. Happy to have three points on the board early on in the season. <laughs> What a relief, mate, after a 45 minutes of terror. Uh, we'll get to yes. that in a minute. Um, and also tonight I've got a special guest, um, Rangers writer from The Athletic, none other than Jordan Campbell. Good evening, Jordan. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not bad. I've just realised that my um, walls are looking very bare um, in comparison to yours, but I have just moved into my flat, so that's my excuse. But um, I'll get it spruced up for the next time. Nice one, mate. I'm happy to send you some of my old Rangers stuff if you want it um, to stick it up behind you for future podcasts. Um, so tonight we're just going to run through obviously the game at the weekend, uh, look ahead to um, the Champions League qualifiers tomorrow night and then we'll discuss a wee bit about uh, the game coming up on Saturday. So let's, without further ado, run through our experience at the weekend and as Jeep quite rightly pointed out, we came away with three points, uh, thankfully. So Livingston versus Rangers at the Spaghetti Hat on uh, the 30th of July at 12 o'clock. Rangers lineup was uh, McLaughlin, Tav, Goldson, Suter, Barisic, Lundstrom, Lawrence, Kamara, Wright, Kent and Cholak. Um, Jeep, I'll come to you first, mate. Do you want to talk us through your thoughts on the game um, and uh, how, how, how your heart rate went from not to 240 in about five minutes? No, right, in about two minutes. Um <laughs> No, the first half was just shocking, and it? it was really, it was really bad. And the funny thing was, I I didn't think we actually started too poorly the first three minutes. I thought we were on the front foot, and we looked right up for it. And then one long ball, and that's us. We're behind. It was it was an appalling goal to concede less than five minutes into a new season. Just one long ball up to an unchallenged player, and then John Suter just gets rolled far too easily, and the goalkeeper's standing off his line in it. So it's uh, it was it was a like the worst possible start to the season that you could you could possibly think of. I mean, I never I never expected us to to go behind early on, but um, you could kind of see that we were struggling to create space and get in behind that low block. Jordan, something that obviously Livingston are, are very very good at, um, and I, and I, and I think as well there was there was a real lack of service up to Cholak as well. He was almost like kind of he was just running the line. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't he trying to try to make space for himself. He wasn't he trying to. Um, do anything other than be, you know, expectant of a cross on the top of his bonds, which um, you know he needs to he needs to add a bit more to his game. I think um, to kind of um, be a bit more of an effective striker for us in those types of scenarios. But what was your thoughts in the first half? Well, a bit like Jeep. Um, you know, I thought the first few minutes, you know, they got to the byline two or three times, and I was thinking, oh, this is really positive, really direct. But I had been wa- I was a bit wary of the sort of left side of the Rangers defence. You know, obviously Shooter making his debut, had had been turned a few times by Kulazewski at, at Spurs in the previous week, and obviously Barisic is now under a bit of pressure with, with Yilmaz arriving, so, um, you know, that was that was the, the tactic for Livingston, was to sort of, you know, put a bit of pressure on that side, and then um, and really try and get in behind, because um, I think you saw Rangers, like, the first half, I couldn't quite believe how bold <laughs> they were being like it was like we were playing still with um, Calvin Bassey you know it was like Goldson was stepping in like 40 yards um, ahead of Suter and was just leaving um, him one on one with, with Nubli and I mean like Suter brings a lot of qualities but I don't think he's got blistering pace so I think that was quite risky and it's probably something he's obviously going to get used to but um, no I, I, I think after the goal there was 
a real lack of invention for for long periods. And like you said, with with Cholak, you know, he had less, he had fewer touches than we had yellow cards. So, I mean, that sort of paints the picture of just how, you know, how absent he was really in the first half. And I get that, oh, he never had a lot of service, but I mean, there's there's a balance to be had between people not finding you and also probably not creating. Um, enough avenues for, for to be found because they had the ball plenty of times, you know, in and around the box. But you know, I, I think he is a throw sort of traditional number nine striker and moves between the the, the goalposts. But um, probably need a bit more variation when you've got that many bodies in the middle of the park. You know, otherwise it's just going to be cross after cross after cross, and that's how it really panned out the first half. I I think as well a couple of, a couple of positives for me from from the first half were um, I thought. John Lundstrom had a had a really strong half, and I felt his distribution was was very very good. And um, he really put a foot long uh, wrong, and, and obviously a, a big difference was. And although the shots never came off, I thought Tom Lawrence was obviously no shy, and you know try to try to do something from not a lot. Um, and I think obviously that'll that'll um, be positive going forward. As he's somebody that likes to obviously shoot. I mean, I think it was your it was your article on him, Jordan, where you posted his shot map, and it, it was quite mental how how many shots he takes from outside the box. And I think um, obviously that's a that's a positive thing going forward. But I think in terms of facing the Levy low block, it wasn't really working out for him because well, some, he didn't really... Did get... say they, they think he's going to be the new Ryan Christie in terms of <laughs> Scottish football, you know, because clearly he's no, he's no afraid of having a pop for distance. I think there's probably... You know, no many of the times he shot at the weekend, I don't think I would necessarily say it was a rash decision. You know, it did open up for him, but... Obviously, get um, he strike he strike one of the cleanest. So, um, I think yeah, he's definitely going to be a different threat. Um, so um, no, but I think um, you saw Tillman when he came on was a big impact in that position. So it'll be interesting to see whether Lawrence is coming in off the left um, tomorrow night with, with Kent out. But I'm probably just taking up the next talking point. But <laughs> oh, that's fine, mate. It's a it's a nice segue, nice segue into the second half. Um, yeah, I meant it. <laughs> so Thanks for that. Thanks for that. That's enough of that, Shay. Let's move on. Um, so I obviously changes were required and changes we did make, bringing on um, Sands, uh, Tillman, and uh, Arfield. Arfield having the the instant impact that um, you know we've 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 grown to know and love. Um, and I think you know in terms of the second half, it was it was a completely different dynamic and. Uh, team in the second half. You, what was your thoughts? Hi, it was it was completely uh, night and day. It was it was pleasing because I was hoping like the, I thought right the first five minutes of the, the second half we need to come out here and really go for it. Uh, we need to like get right in their faces. And I it was I think the first shot on target we had in the entire game. Tav cut in on his left foot and um and he hit it and it was a bit of a tame shot. But at least I thought at least it's a shot. Like before, he's obviously said to them. Like shoot me, we've not had a single shot on target in the first half. Um, so it was one of the bands I was like, right, at least we're, at least we're creating something, albeit it wasn't a great chance. But just for then on, it did. We just we kind of we we upped the tempo. But what bothered me was the fact that we had to wait a full forty five minutes before we did that. And and I, I feel it, it has been an issue like over the past year, especially that we've just we've no there's so many games that we've just not started very well. Um, I mean, you'll remember this. No, even that's not Geo's fault. But last season, the amount of games that we went behind early on, um, I think there was like six, seven, eight games in a row or something. We went one 0 down. Um, so it was just it, it was a bit similar to that, and it kind of it it just took us so long to get going. But I felt um, when Cholak scored and it was uh, ruled offside, I felt 
I felt right. I can I can feel a goal coming, and that was the first time I, I thought I was like, right. I, I think I, because of the first half I just didn't see I didn't see where the goal was going to come for at all. But um, I don't know. The Rangers players seemed to isolate Kent on the left a wee bit, and it left them in an opportunity that he was one on one quite a lot, and I felt that benefited us. Uh, the fact that he was put up was uh, Devlin he was against. The fact yeah. he was left one on one with Devlin quite a few times. Um, I mean, it was like he whipped the ball in for Trolak for the goal, and then he obviously whipped the ball in for Arfield as well, didn't he? So yeah. I think that made quite a difference. It, Kent had a much better second half on Saturday. Agreed, agreed. And um, you know, Jordan, you touched on it at the introduction of, of of Tillman, and in fact, you wrote an entire article on him. So um, I'll let you I'll let you take this bit, mate. But um, what what I will say is, I felt. He, he wasn't he, he wasn't scared, you know. He showed for the you know for for somebody that's at Bayern Munich, you would expect um, to have you know bravery and um, a bit of something about them. But you know he, he had power. He wasn't afraid to travel, and he found space really well. When it and and it shows, you know, it's it's very exciting for uh, the future for him. But uh, what was your thoughts? Well, I mean, I know you know Rangers fans can and like most football fans can be quick to make a judgment on a player one way or the other. You know, you look at the, the criticism Sutter's coming for, but. I think especially a young loan player, um, I do think you can often tell pretty early whether they look like they're ready to impact a, a team and cope under that pressure. Um, and I think he just looked like a player who held himself like <laughs> like like he knew he was one of the best players in the park as soon as he walked on, which you can't really buy that sort of confidence. Um, and I thought he backed it up. You know, the first half I felt like Rangers, nothing was going through the middle of the park. You know, Lundstrom was was decent. Kamara was hardly involved, I felt. And even Lawrence was a bit on the periphery, apart from, you know, the shots outside the box. I just felt like it was really crowded and they weren't really doing much to, to disrupt Livingston's shape. Um, but, you know, I think I think when I, I made a comment on the Celtic game yesterday when I was watching that, and, you know, the way Hitati and O'Reilly were causing um, Aberdeen all sorts of problems with the way they were rotating finding space and then you had Greg Taylor you had Juranovic you had Kyogo they were all literally within 20-25 yards of that space where Rangers need to try and find ways through and I just felt like Rangers were a bit they were a bit too obvious at times in terms of it was wide and then it was across and then either that was back inside in a shot whereas Tillman felt as soon as he came on all of a sudden there seemed to be more space like Jeep said like Kent hadn't been one on one the whole first half I think within the first 10, 15 minutes, Cholak had a couple where, you know, there was a bit of space and you managed to get a couple of shots away. And then, as you say, Kent um, was isolated one-on-one. It was when Tillman actually got it and turned and sprayed it wide. Um, I just thought he looked he looked really, really assured. Um, every time he got it, he was positive. He wasn't just keeping it for the sake of it. He was actually trying to, you know, create things, which is what you want for your number 10. Um, but the thing that stood out to me was, it was a bit, a bit later on. Was he was faced up on the sort of left, sort of left channel. And it was two. I think it was Holt and somebody else. So, um, you know, not exactly the biggest guys, but you know, I hadn't realised that Tillman was actually six two. You know, he's a really big unit. Um, and he, there was a gap that just didn't look like he could fit through it. And he just literally, you know, squeezed his way through by sheer, um, sheer power. So I thought that was, you know, he just looked like a breeze for him. Um, and I, I thought he just looked like he, he's got quality. You know, I, don't, I think he'll have his ups and downs, obviously, because he's a young player. But yeah. um, I think he looks like a good addition based on that, um, which is not its early days. But I think it would be harsh if he didn't play his way, way into the starting eleven for tomorrow. 
Yeah, agreed. And I, and I think, you know, you kind of, you, you touched on it there. And I think, you know, he's, he's a player who, who likes to break the line as opposed to try and pass through it. And I think that was a, that, 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 that was a huge difference. Um, and I think you mentioned that as well, that he was attracting markers um, a lot like Joe Rebo used to. Yeah. Um, and that was probably the key in terms of freeing up um, Kent and Tav <laughs> to, um, to kind of, put, you know, push a bit more one-on-one. Um, but then, but then see, see, like Arfield, you know, it was just a point you made there about running beyond, like, I don't think anybody made a run beyond Cholak the whole first half. No, you're I right. genuinely yeah. don't think they did at all. And it's not like Livingston don't literally sit in their own eighteen yard box the whole game. Like they they try and push up at times. So there is some sort of there is some room to be able to break into. You don't need fifty yards to be able to run run beyond. You know, it just either takes a, a marker away or, you know, can create a bit of room for Cholak. But you know, I think Arfield's that's his game now. You know, his game's obviously limited to those wee one twos in the corner. The, the odd third third man run beyond the striker and I think when you brought those two on, you know, uh, um, Tillman could probably should have scored two, you know, especially the second one. The timing of that that run for Tavernier's cross was was just perfect. It was unlucky with the volley, but I thought that showed like a real understanding of space, which is what Van Bronckhorst wants. He's number ten. He, you know, Aribo's not really a sort of Van Bronckhorst number ten. If you look at Feyenoord, it's much more an off the ball runners, you know, a second striker type. More than a, more than everything goes through. Much more, you know, second balls and um, really being direct. So he looks like he, he fits the profile really well. Yeah, and 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 I, and I think as well, you know, the introduction of um, James Sands as well gave us a bit more kind of um, less pressure at the back, a bit more organisation. He seems to, he seems to have kind of um, uh, molded really well into that left-sided centre-back position. Um, I felt he handled it really, really well. He he stuck with the physicality a bit better than um, Suter did, but I think. As well, maybe you know, Suter's maybe had a wee bit of unfair criticism. You know, I, I know obviously Conor Goldson backed him in the presser today, which is, which is a good endorsement. Um, but I think you know, you you sort of touched touched on it when you were talking about the first half. I think as much as Suter needs to learn Rangers, Rangers need to learn him. Um, you know, obviously in terms of you know players getting forward and leaving him back, you know, <laughs> behind on his own. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> it's, had a, it's had a few too many beers. Your phone, it needs it's to go here. A knockoff phone stand that I bought, so uh, <laughs> bear, bear with me. That might be the first one. Oh, anyway. That was amazing. <laughs> but um, aye, so James Tavernier obviously up, uh, followed up with a, a James Tavernier esque free kick. It was a, it was a fantastic um, conversion from the left hand side of um, the box. Um, into the into the right hand corner of the goal, it was it was lovely. You just kind of felt when you watched it left, you know, leave his foot. It was going in, which was which was lovely. Um, and obviously to get us the three points. But um, in terms of in terms of lessons to be learned, you know, what do you think um, we'll do in terms of shape change, personnel change for uh, the Kilmarnock game at the weekend, or do you think we'll we'll stick the same? Anybody? Well, I, I think it probably stick with the four two three ones. I think Rangers looked much um much better last year. Um especially off the ball. I think they looked better when with that sort of two behind the behind the number ten. So I would like to think that it will stick with that because I think when it, you go to a four three three they just looked like they, they were even more um impotent at times. So um I, I think it will stick with that and you know if it if if Kent is near back, um you know if I talk about tomorrow night's game then I think it'll be probably Lawrence off the left and Tillman um, behind behind Cholak. But um, in terms of Kilmarnock, um, you know, I would like to see maybe the makeup of the, the midfield. I don't know if you need Kamara and Lundstrom. I would maybe like to see that loosening up a wee bit. 
Um, yeah. Whether that's Tillman and Darfield, whether it's Tillman and um, Lawrence, you know, I, I think you can maybe get away with just having Lundstrom there or Jack there himself or Davis there. You get plenty of options for the the deeper player, but I think you can maybe free up up a wee bit. Agreed. Uh, any last thoughts on the Livingston game before we move on to the next one? Uh, just in terms of Tav's free kick, I thought it was really good, but I was really surprised with the goalkeeper um, because only a few minutes before we got that free kick, Barisic had one uh, for a similar, posi similar position at the other side. And um, and as I was sitting watching it, I said, I was watching it with my dad and I said to him, I was like, he should hit this keeper's side. And Barisic, and he tried it and he, he put it too high. The fact that the keeper didn't kind of take note of that and think, they, they can obviously see a, a gap. I'm, I'm leaving too big a gap here on my side. Um, because see if you actually look at Tav's free kick, it's not right in the top corner. It's no, I mean, it's a, it's a cracking free kick. Mm. Um, it, it places it really well in terms of the power that he got on it as well. It 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 was it was a really, really good free kick. But I thought the goalie was really poor. I was surprised uh, by him. It was good for us, but mind you, but it was, even though it wasn't right in the corner, it was one of the ones, as soon as he left his fit, you just thought he's, he's not keeping that out. I was sort of sitting right right behind it actually, um, but it was actually quite um, it was quite surprising. Like as you said, it looked like it was in the top corner, but I just kept thinking they must have taken a deflection there that I didn't mm -hmm. see because it was sort of midway up the goal by the time we went in, um, and there was two Rangers players at the end of the wall, so it looked like right. a pretty obvious decoy. I don't know whether he thought that was just a bluff, but um, I don't think he took like a massive step to his right to try and guess either. So I think it's probably one of those ones where he's you know, panicked a wee bit and tried to jump rather than take a step and then jump. Um, yeah. But uh, Martindale wasn't too critical of him, actually. You know, he said, like, made a couple of good saves and, um, you know, he said maybe it's something they had to have a look at in terms of the wall setup. But, no, nah, it was a great strike for Tavernier. Um, and I think you saw with the celebrations what it meant to turn it around so quickly. Um, well, one thing I was going to say, Snags, just, it's made a general point, but, like, I feel, I feel this every season is that you know, if you go back to the, the lockdown season where, well, sorry, the one where lockdown came in um, and it got, it got curtailed, but, you know, Rangers were, were in great form, but they still, the first half of the season, but they still never killed games off. And there was so many, you know, like last season, so many times where you're having to come back from behind. You know, that's mentally fatiguing, especially yeah. in front of a, a crowd where it's three sides, your three stands your side and the pressure's on you. You know, you've seen, you've seen how, you know, anxious the fans were. I, I just I just look and think, you know, if you can kill a game off in the first half, I think that's what it did in the title winning season and it was a massive difference because I think that stress accumulates, that pressure accumulates. You know, you need comfortable victories over the course of course of your season. You can't have twenty games you're having to grind it. You need you need to get ones in the bag that you can relax in the second half. You can play your own game and it becomes about how many rather than constantly chasing the winner or chasing the equaliser. So I think that does take its toll later on in the season. So I just wanted to say that. So. That's a that's a that's yeah, a really good point actually. And I, and I think is you know you would you would hope obviously as as um, the new signings get used to the system and also players come back for injury uh, injuries like Morelos and stuff like that we'll start to see that happening uh, when things start to click into place. Well you would hope so anyway. Um and you know like you say hopefully that 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 you know that pressure doesn't accumulate, um, and we do start to be the Rangers team that we should be, um, killing those games off, particularly at home as well, um, <clears throat> and no grinding out and creating extra pressure for ourselves mentally because, aye, we don't want another um, Dubai season, do we? <laughs> That's for sure, post Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Dubai. 
<laughs> Indeed. But anyway, just before we talk about the next game, I'm just going to uh, cut to a wee word for our sponsors. Please subscribe to the Rangers AF podcast. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a change. I'm feeling it in the air. Agreed. He's left. He's left. He's had enough of that. I'm not having. I'm not having Wayne singing at me. Um, I'm gushing. I'm gushing. Go- go- I never get that. Thank you. What's that? <laughs> oh, looking good, Jeep. Yes, mate. Check you out. That never harms. Thank you. Get another. Get another hot comments. Um, Alan McArdle's actually got a question. He says, "How do you share your podcast, lads? You've come for for Facebook, mate. So there should be a big a big old share button on the on the broadcast on the right hand side there." Um, but but if you go into the into the bio on the page, you should see other links and stuff. I should make a banner actually with a with a with a link tree on it so folk can see it, and, and I'll and I'll do that for the next podcast, mate. But you just try and figure it out and try and share it, or just go out in the street and start shouting other links and that. Like just do that. That'll work. <laughs> it's the same anyway. Um, so moving on to the next match, then we've got uh, Rangers versus Royal Union Saint Gilles, or is it, is it Gilles or something like that, or Zilawaz or something? Just I don't know definitely know what you said the first time. I know that. Aye. I think it's Zilawaz. 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 That's it, isn't it? We'll go with that. Yeah. I don't know. Zilawaz. Um, Tuesday, 2nd of August at 19.45 hours. That is live on, unfortunately, Premier Sports 1. Uh, being played at the Dendreef Stadium. Is that right? I think it is. Yeah, I think I read. Um, obviously, I'm no over there. Um, but, um, you know, the, the lads for the newspapers and that who are over said that um, I think the, we'll just call them Royal Union. We just call them okay. RUSG. Didn't they, um, their stadium doesn't qualify for it, so I think they were having to use um, another um, another club's um, stadium. So I think Andy Newport, the record, had compared it to St Mirren. So <laughs> I was going to say it's a it's yeah. a really small a really small capacity. It's like ten thousand and twenty. Yeah. Um, but it's also also known as the King Power Stadium. <laughs> Would you believe? Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, that's a good I thing. Almost, <laughs> I don't know. Is yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, don't go I obviously wouldn't mind pumping him there. Um, but unfortunately, there's no fun facts this time around because um, there's no press kits uh, for these games for some weird reason. But um, are you SG coming um, with one win in five um, in the last match? They won against Sporting Charleroi with a goal from young Ryan Sykes, who they got from from Accrington uh, Stanley. Um, and obviously the big news in the Rangers camp is obviously Ryan Kent didn't travel with the squad, nor did John Suter, both um, picking up knocks. It's nothing to nothing to be afraid of and scared of. Um, apparently they're going to be all right for the weekend, but um, obviously they've not travelled, so there's going to have to be some some changes uh, from the from the weekend's team um, for that game. But what's your what's your thoughts going into this one, Jordan? What's your thoughts? Um, well, I mean, I, I think now with the Rangers squad, you know, before you came into the summer, you weren't sure how, just how much there was going to be a turnaround, how, how much a turnaround was going to be. I knew it was going to be probably the most sizable there's been in three or four years, but. If you look at it, they've still kept the majority of the squad together. You know, it's only Aribo and, and Bassett that have gone out. So, you know, this squad knows what it what it is, uh, what it takes to get through these qualifiers. And I think off the back of the, the Europa run la- last year, I think you know you should be confident that they can they can beat um we can beat a team a, a, a USG's um uh, stature. But I was going to say I've not had time to actually sit and dissect them or have a look at exactly how they play. But we my um. My boss's boss um, is 
um, familiar with the, the owner um, of the club who uh, also owned Brighton and are very stats driven. So, like you mentioned, there's a boy for Accrington they signed. You know, that may be surprising, but they'll have, you know, it's probably unearthed a gem, a gem there. Um, you know, it's some story really when you look at they came up last year and nearly almost, you know, they were, they were leading the league um, until the, the weird Belgian, <laughs> the weird Belgian system comes in that makes it, the split look um, pretty pretty standard. But um, no, I think it's really, it is a really smart club. And I'm always a bit wary about coming up against teams like Midtjylland and these ones who punch above their weight and are clearly run by smart guys, you know. Um, so I, I think it'll be a, a tough challenge. Um, they've also got a name which just sort of screams like Unaria. There's a chin, it's just like one of those that <laughs> you think might be a, a pub quiz answer. But no, I think Rangers should have enough to to get through. Um, and as you say, like Sutar, so you're probably looking at Sands coming in there. Um, and then, as I said, Lawrence probably off the left. So um, I think it's a big night for Sands to see um, how he copes. And I think it's a big test for Van Bronckhorst. How does he approach it? Because I sort of asked Goldson about that today. You know, it looked like they were just going to be as aggressive at the back, if not more so. But you don't really have that sort of get a jail free card, which was Calvin Bassey. So if you get counter attack against a top team in Europe, you can still catch him because you've got this sort of freakish athlete. Whereas James Sands and Connor Goldson, you know, they're not they're not exactly slow, but they're no they're not rapid either. So um, I think you'll probably see. So what Goldson said is, you know, Ibrox will be on the front foot, but I think it might be a bit more of a sort of um, balance in that tomorrow. Um, and just maybe springing on the counter. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think um, from what I've seen, um, I've, uh, you know, from the from the usual tactical pundits, um, they're expecting them to go free at the back, um, which is which is a common system for them to play in Europe anyway. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we how obviously we cope with that. Um, G, G, what's your what's your thoughts on them? Honestly, I, I really don't know a lot about them. I was kind of I was reading up last week, and like Jordan was saying, I, I didn't know the Belgian league split the way it did um, until I was reading about it. It's a bit mad that of if you're if you're leading if you're leading the league, you end up in a top six split, but then you're no leading the league and you play each other. It's, it's, it's yeah, half it's your points mad. as well when you get there. I read that they have they, yeah. they half your points. I, I read all this last week. It was it was mad, but like you said, it made it makes the Scottish split I, no looks adapt. But um, I know. Sorry, I've been happy up your Um, <laughs> I guess I'll be honest. Uh, I but I, I really don't know that much about them. But I mean, the Belgian league can be quite competitive. I always feel there's there's always a few teams every season within Europe. Whether it's um, I mean, we played Antwerp and that, but whether it's like Club Bruges or whatever, um, there's always like competitive teams. So if they've done well in the league, I'm going to suspect that they're fairly decent. Um. One of the things that I've said over the years in terms of Europe is I think they would have wanted to I think they would have wanted to avoid us. I mean we were we were European finalists last year, you know, and when when you look at the teams that have failed to beat us over the season, um over the seasons like for right about the time Gerard came in, Villarreal, Benfica, Porto, stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I I do believe that they'll be they'll be kind of wary of us as well. But I do think that we should kind of be um cautious. I don't know what the stadium's going to be like. I don't know if it'll be like a hostile atmosphere. It'll be good. It'll be good to get back to Ibrox with some sort of some sort of result. It was one thing we did really well last year. Even in games, we were pretty much outplayed in Braga. We were outplayed in Leipzig, but we got away with just a one 0 defeat. 
that we managed to come back to Ibrox and we were still right in the tie. So as long as we can do that, then hopefully we can we can finish the job at Ibrox. But um, it'd be good to, like Jordan said, in terms of fatigue, it would be good to kind of take some of the pressure off of that game if we can walk away with something tomorrow. I was just going to say as well, like, see when you said there about teams wanting to avoid Rangers, I think that's a big difference now is that, you know, whenever a Scottish team did well in the past, that even, even after the 2008 final, I don't think the following year there was many teams that are in Europe thinking, what, well, avoid that team? Like, cause just the style of play. Whereas I think no. you look at Rangers now and I think you look at Ibrox, Ibrox has now got a fear factor about it as well. I think they'll probably look at it and think we need to win here because it's going to be a big ask if we're trailing to go and overturn that at Ibrox. And I think that's a mass- massive thing. And I don't even think when Malmo came last year, there was that still that intimidation um, factor. So I think Rangers have probably... Um, have got that in, on their side now, and as you say, like the list of teams they've they've beaten in qualifying all the years is is pretty remarkable. You know, what was it? You know, there was Willem, there was uh, Galatasaray, Legia, Midland, Ufa, Osijek. Um, I mean, that's before you get into the big boys of the group stage and the and the yeah. knockout ties. You know, it's not been easy runs, um, no. and I think they've they've stood up to the test every time. So, um, if they were to fail, then you know, I don't think anybody it'd be the first real failure of this team. You could say Malmo was last year, but then look at what they went on to do. It would really be the first yeah. sort of you know, defeat where it had been a real shock. Um, because I think it's now expected that this isn't the next step for the team to take. So um and I think the the time of the signings that this time last year there wasn't any investment in the squad, you know, and there was clearly a bit of frustration behind the scenes with Gerard that the budget were promised then didn't really materialise. Um and now, now you've got the bot. You know, you traded in Bassi and Haribo for good money. You've reinvested that in, in enough time. Um, you know, they're not exactly bedded in a lot of players, but Yilmaz should be match fit for the second leg. Um, so should Davies. You know, these these are players who should be ready to go. Um, yeah. So, I think they've they've done their business quickly, um, and it should put them in a good position. I think Yelmaz um, had a good pre-season with Besiktas as well, didn't he? So he should be, he should be ready to go, do you know. And Davies was on, on Liverpool's too as well, so he should be ready to... I was quite surprised he wasn't in the squad, actually. Um, I don't know if he's maybe carrying something, but um, they shouldn't be he's too tra- far. I think he's travelled, is he not? Aye, he's travelled, aye. Just at the weekend, sorry. Aye, aye, at the weekend, weekend on the bench, but um, no, I think that there's no many that are going to need time to get up to speed. Um, so I think that'll be a big factor, hopefully. I think as well, um, we've not talked about him at all, but I think Matondo will be a big difference as well. I think um, um, he's he, he's available for tomorrow night, as you know, Jordan. I think yeah. um, he could be a yeah. a huge difference, and he's for the for the Belgian leagues as well, as you know. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at what Sander Liège has been um, uh, Antwerp. You know, I, I wasn't really blown away by them. I thought they were pretty mediocre, both of them. Um, so especially defensively, I don't know if the Belgian leagues maybe it's quite open and. Um, you know, Sakal obviously got about 12, 13 goals. Um, and, you know, I watched quite a bit of him actually before he signed and I wasn't quite enamoured by the, the defending. A lot of them like to play a, a high line and they were, they were quite gettable. But I, I think Prolak's not going to run away for you, but Matondo will run away for anybody. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I did a piece of him last week actually and, um, yeah, everybody spoke really highly of him. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the Circle of Bruges um, sporting director was saying like, was top teams teams in Belgium who had tried to sign him, um, and it was bottom half Premier League teams in England as well because he was named in the top three um, young players and 
in Belgium, along with a boy who, um, De Calitre, I think he name, his name, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but he's just gone for like nearly 30 million. So, um, one thing, one thing I was going to say is we, we've got a sort of, um, it's not till the morning, so I've not had the chance to see it, but uh, the guy I was telling you about, our sort of editor, um, has spent like the last year doing a behind the scenes piece with um, Royal Union, so. Um, there's a big bit on how they came, you know, the rise and how everything works behind the scenes. When they're saying that they've just broke the record, um, transfer record, and signing a Mulder strike, um, sorry, the Bodo Glimp striker. Um, but I don't think he's available to play Rangers, so you can you Good. can breathe a sigh of relief. But I mean, clearly they're building um, a side and trying to go up a level. So I think it will be difficult. But I think if you can if you can if you can leave where a win, I think that's a, a, a huge step into the playoff run. Agreed. And if I was to ask you what, what your score prediction would be, what would it be? Uh, Jeep, I'll come to you first because Jordan's just taking a wee mouthful there. Uh, I'll be a wee bit more cautious and say 1-1. One, one. Jordan? <clears throat> I'll go 2-1. <laughs> Sorry, just something, just, somebody phoned me now. 2-1 um, <laughs> Rangers, I'll go. <laughs> that's a good I've said, I've said something that I shouldn't have said. Somebody tried to phone me, but uh. I like, stop, stop right now, stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit first time. I'm, I'm, I'll go. I'll go two now. Um, I would. I would hope we would take a clean sheet back. Um, not that away goals count anyway. Um, I so looking forward to um the game on Saturday. Then obviously Rangers have got Kilmarnock at Ibrox on Saturday, um, and that will be a three o'clock kickoff live on Rangers TV. For those of you of a VPN persuasion, you might need it um, on Saturday. Um, but I mean, for for me, um, just to touch briefly on this, I think um, you know, talking about what we discussed earlier regards Rangers coming out and and uh, obviously imposing themselves and putting games to bed. I, w- I would expect us to to win well in this fixture. You know, maybe like a three or four nil, something like that, um, to kind of kind of lay a marker down um, for uh, the rest of the season at Ibrox. What's your thoughts, Jib? Um, well, over the years, Kilmarnock Ibrox hasn't been that sort of game. Uh, they've always been a very negative defensive uh, style team. However, they've been relegated and came back up, so I'm not even 100% sure how fresh their team actually is. And um, I didn't catch their game at the weekend. I saw the highlights, uh, and they managed to snatch a, a 1-1 draw late on at home with Dundee United. So... I mean, it's the first game at Ibrox. You know, the fans will be the fans will be right up for it. It's really important that we start the season well. Um, I was reading out the fixtures to you just before we went live. The games that were coming up, I'd say we we need to be look we need to look at winning every game up until the old firm game at Parkhead. Anyway, um, so it. I mean, you, if if you're going to go and win the league, you can't start making excuses already. You need to you need to go and win these games, and I would be. It'd be It'd be preferential if we win it well. Agreed. And did you give a score? I'll go three 0 Excellent, Jordan. I was going to go three 0 as well. Um, but what I was going to say was just like I think getting back to that sort of three 0 is your is your sort of par score. When like when when Van Bronckhorst was a player, you know, you go to Ibrox and you would go, um, you go ah, well, Jenk three 0 ah, that'd be all right. You know, <laughs> I think it's it's been all. I, I think that. Teams are better coached nowadays, um, even though the standard isn't exactly um, isn't exactly great below Hearts. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's not as simple as just turning up and out playing teams now. It's always frustrating, and you need to work for your goals to break 
break down these teams, but um, we all know what McInnes is, you know, football can be like where he just man marks you across the whole pitch. So I think that, you know, bringing in players who 1v1 like Matondo can, and Kilman, you know, can actually eliminate players. I think if you can isolate him, um, get him to the byline, because he usually plays off the left. So that'll be exciting to see if he actually, if Kent doesn't make it, if he actually plays off the left. Because um, yeah. he played off, I was speaking to the sporting director and he said, probably played all his games off the left, maybe five as a number nine. And that was in the bigger games where they were looking to counter. Um, and then he, he played a couple off the right. I actually wouldn't rule that out, you know, against um, in Europe when it comes to playing away legs, is him starting up front. Um, yep. Because, you know, obviously Cholak, I think we'll probably get the nod. But um, in terms of, like, playing on the counter, you know, this is a guy who... Um, you know, was the, the the fastest player at Man City at one point. You know, um, so he's a top top athlete. So um, yeah, I think it would be good against Kilmarnock if you could really get a lot of enthusiasm about the place. You know, put Yomaz in for his debut, Davies in for his debut. Um, you know, Matondo first home start. I think if you could get three or four of the, the new boys in, because um, I think at the weekend people probably forget that you've not got Davies, who's not been brought into. You know, three million plus a million bonus uh, add-ons. He's not been brought in to play in the bench. Come for Liverpool, Yilmaz. No, that money's not been spent on him either. But the teams chased him in Germany to be a backup. Same with uh, Matondo. So I think you get in Morelos, is it? So you potentially get four or five players not starting at the weekend to will be first team regulars this season. So I think there will be more freshness um, and there will be more options on the bench um, that you can look at and think. I actually want to put them on rather than just having to put them on by sheer necessity. So I think if you can really, you know, if a good result tomorrow, I think we'd free up free up for Van Broncos to to really um be positive and just throw boys in um for the for the debut and get that game under the belt. I got I cannot I cannot disagree with, with any of that. Um and I like you know, like you say, it'll be a it'll be a good showcase for um for the new guys to come in and show what they can do. So buzzing for it, mate. Absolutely buzzing for it. So um, that concludes um, the match um, updates on the podcast. And so um, has anybody got any shout-outs they would like to give Jeeb? Hey, I'll give you a shout-out to my buddy Craig. It's in the chat. Aye, Craig's been Craig's been getting involved tonight, Craig. Good to see my man. And uh, Jordan, you, mate? Any, any shout-outs? Uh, I'm going to have to say my new neighbour up above me who... Um, recognised me off Twitter the other day, which was a wee bit scary actually, because I was like, I don't know if he's probably, I've probably blocked him for sending me abuse, but I didn't actually remember his name, so <laughs> the guy all above me, if he's listening in. That's uh, one guy. Uh, apart from that, just, um, aye, no, I've not got him there, I've got the name of pal, so that's it. I'll, I'll um, send you some stickers that you can you can pop on his door, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Stickers I've got, on that. got a couple of flyers in for the podcast, so that's it. <laughs> Love it. Brilliant, and uh, I'll, I'll um, just give a wee shout out to Andy, who's um, still recovering uh, at home, and, I, and Stevie sent me a wee picture of him uh, watching the podcast, and um, it's always good to see his wee happy face, so hope you're enjoying it, Andy, and uh, we look forward to seeing you back to fully fight and fit soon, um, and I, that's um, that's pretty much it for shout outs, and, and Jordan, just before we go, mate, do you want to tell people how they how they can find, the, uh, find you, how they can subscribe to your articles and things like that? Well, I'm not even sure to be honest, because usually we've got some um, we've got some sort of discount running. I think we've probably got a discount for either pound a month, two pounds a month, three pounds a month, one of those. Um, but yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm at, at JordanC1107 um, and you can um, find my, my 
reporting in the the Athletic. So, um, yeah, we've got we've got a good thing tomorrow morning about um, the opponents, which is, as I said, like a year sort of behind the walls um, documentary. So. Um, in written form, but um, I'm sure if you get two hours spare to, to read that, I'm sure it'll be good. But um, yeah, it might, it might scare you before the game, so maybe read it after it. <laughs> <laughs> read it high once we've come away winners, and then be like, oh, yeah. aye, whatever, cinch, mate, <laughs> easy. Um, cool. Well, um, all that leaves me left to do now is just say thanks very much to everybody that's tuned in and make sure you like and subscribe to the video, share the podcast far and wide. Um, I'll get a wee link tree banner put up for the next one and uh. We'll see you next Tuesday, hopefully, to discuss a plethora of wins and goals. Uh, I've been Snags, he's been Jeep, and he's been Jordan. Thanks very much for coming on, Jordan, and we'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye.